The Detroit Lions clinched the NFC North, but how big of a threat are they in the NFC? We talk about that and more coming up next year on Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker. I'm the host over at Locked On Ravens and one of the many NFL experts here on our network. Thank you so much for tuning in today, making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes in video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your podcasts. And again, part of Locked On Podcast Network, so be sure to check out your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Game Time. Down the Game Time app, create an account and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are a five-day-a-week NFL show here, even though it's Christmas. So Merry Christmas out there to everybody. Hopefully you can spend the day enjoying some family, opening some gifts, and embracing some Christmas football. We got some games coming up today, which will be super exciting, including me being locked on Ravens, the Ravens and 49ers on Christmas night. We have a lot to dive into today on this show. Let me bring you the biggest stories from across the league each and every weekday. So we're first going to start with the Detroit Lions. They clinched the NFC North. We'll talk about how big of a threat they are in the NFC in the first segment with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Then we'll move over to the AFC side of things and talk with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins as they did clinch the playoffs and sets up a really big match with the Baltimore Ravens next week for the number one seed in the AFC. Then finally, if you caught that Sunday night football game between the Patriots and the Broncos, what a crazy game that was. We'll talk with Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots about if the Patriots really wanted to win that game considering it hurts their draft position. So without any further ado, let's first get into our conversation with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. The Detroit Lions get to celebrate. They defeat the Minnesota Vikings in a crazy game, and they win the NFC North. Here to talk about what it means for the city of Detroit, the organization, is Matt Derry, the host of Locked On Lions. And Matt, this is a historic day in Detroit history as the Lions, they get this thing done. I know a lot of fans were anxious about what they're going to be able to do. Are they going to be able to close it out? How does it feel and how does the city of Detroit feel right now with this? Kevin, I'm not sure fans in Detroit know how to feel right now. It's very emotional for many people. It was very interesting today after the game when they won and Dan Campbell welcomed or, or brought up to the front of the room there in their huddle in the locker room, the likes of Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow and Jalen Reeves-Maben and, and Tracy Walker. Heck, Don Muehlbach, who's now on the coaching staff but was a long snapper for years, called him up because these guys have been through hell with this organization. And to finally win a, a, a division, and I know for places like in Boston, heck, with you, with Baltimore, it, it, you know, there's organizations that winning the division doesn't mean all that much. For Detroit, and not winning the division in 30 years, the NFC North has been around since, what, 2002. They've never won the NFC North. You know, Green Bay's won it 12 times. Minnesota's won it all these times. Lions, zero until today. And to finish out a game that for years, this franchise, whether it was Wayne Fonts, Jim Caldwell, Jim Schwartz, Matt Millenera, Patricia era, they never won a game like that today. And they did. They held on to one. And it's very emotional for a lot of people. Not a host get to get a chance to host a playoff game in a few weeks. 
man, that place is going to be, the roof might come off of Ford Field. It's, it's going to be, I mean, electric in Detroit. And I know that, again, the game against Minnesota did come down to the wire. Detroit held the lead for most of the game, but the Vikings tried, and they tried really hard to spoil this. Matt, how the Lions get this thing done? Because, again, Minnesota gave them hell to get there. Yeah, I mean, look, the defense is not a takeaway. This is not a takeaway defense. This is not a very good defense, to be quite honest. They 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 ride that offense, and Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, the running backs, Montgomery and Gibbs, were, were fantastic again today. But today, how they won it was they played against Nick Mullins. Let's be honest. Uh, Nick Mullins likes to throw the ball to the other team, and the Lions caught most of those opportunities. There were about five of them today. They dropped one. But, but the two picks from Kirby Joseph, one from Brian Branch, and then at the end, just a wounded duck that Mullins threw to Justin Jefferson, picked off by Ifiatu Melifanu. It's interesting. Melifanu is a guy over the last few weeks that's getting an opportunity, and he stepped up, and he's playing well. But the Lions made enough plays today. The run game was good, and the Lions took care of the football on the road. Yes, they had uh, uh, one turnover today, a Gibbs fumble, but other than that, they won the turnover battle in a plus three, and um, they just make enough plays to win. They're very difficult to defend on third downs when you've got Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown um, just catching everything. And Jared Goff and that offensive line of great synergy. They kept him clean today, and uh, he had time to throw and delivered in big spots. And I know that, again, you can talk about this Detroit team, Matt, and it's oh, with Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown and these stars of the Lions. But who were some of the unsung heroes that led Detroit to clinch this North Division here? Like I said before, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of love for the offensive line, but when they're healthy and right, uh, from left to right, Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, Glasgow, and Sewell are really, really good. And they just open up holes. They keep golf clean. Uh, and that group deserves a whole lot of credit. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, Brian Branch, they get a lot of love on the defensive side. But a guy like Alex Anzalone, who's got the green dot on his helmet, keeps it all together. Uh, calls out the defensive signals. It's kind of everywhere. He's blitzing. He's, he's in coverage, made some plays today. He's been very underrated. And you can't forget about Jack Fox, their punter, who late in the game today when they needed him to boom one and, and pin Minnesota deep does. Lions get called for a procedure penalty, and they, they, they make him re-kick it from five yards behind, and Fox does it again and keeps Minnesota pinned inside the 10. He's underrated. Coaching staff's really good. A lot of former players, Hank Fraley, a longtime O-lineman in this league, Antoine Randall, Aaron Glenn, a lot of the assistants, Mark Brunel, all former players under Dan, uh, just like Dan Campbell was. So the players get it. with the They get a synergy with the coaches. Uh, it's a good group. They're close-knit, and now uh, they feel like they're contenders in the NFC, and I think they feel like, hey, look, let's get to San Francisco and play for a Super Bowl. Yeah, and you talked about the NFC, Matt. I mean – not only the Lions clinched the division here, but they're 11 and four. And we're recording this before San Francisco plays, before Philadelphia plays. But there is a chance that San Francisco and Detroit are tied in the record column by the time that week 16 ends at 11 and four apiece. Philadelphia, if they win, that'd be the same. How do you feel about Detroit when it comes to the rest of the NFC and how they stack up against the rest of the conference? Look, Dallas is going to be very, very angry next week when the Lions go to Dallas. They're also honoring Jimmy Johnson. I think that's going to be a very difficult road game for this team, especially because the Cowboys now are fighting for their lives to get back up into that two or three spot. Uh, although finishing fifth isn't all that bad because you get to play Tampa Bay, although they're playing well right now. But it's still a road game. So I think that's going to be tough next week. I see Philly winning out. 
uh, which could cause the Lions to drop down to three. And Kevin, I've been saying this for weeks. Uh, I said it on national radio this week when I was on with, with a DA and Babchick on Sirius on, on Mad Dog. This 3-6 possibility of Lions-Rams is scary for me. Matthew Stafford coming back to Ford Field. All this celebrating we're doing today and all the celebrating that's going to be done the week of that game is going to be, I just don't want distractions and Stafford talk and McVay versus Goff and, oh, the Lions could have drafted Aaron Donald. They took Eric Gibran instead. I would hate for that to happen. It's a good possibility it does. And keep an eye on that sidebar because that could get really interesting in a few weeks. There will be storylines galore. And I feel like, again, the Lions are a team that are locked in right now. Dan Campbell has these guys playing well. When it comes to the playoffs, you mentioned the Stafford thing. Who do you think the Lions match up well with, though? Is there maybe a team the Lions would be underdogs against that you say, hey, you know what? I like Detroit's chances in this game because they match up well. Um, You know, Seattle has had their number the last few years, and Geno Smith, both last season and this season, lit up the Lions. Uh, so I think the Lions would love to avoid Seattle. But again, maybe it's time to beat the Seahawks finally. Uh, like I said, the Stafford and Rams thing, Stafford's playing well. Him coming back to Detroit, I think, would be a, a circus. Uh, I'd love to see the Lions play the Vikings, and I get it. All right, the Lions get the Vikings in Week 18, then they would get them again in Week 19. That's a possibility if Minnesota wins next week. So, eh, would you want to play a team three times in four weeks? That's dangerous. But like I said before, no knock on Nick Mullins, but he's not good. I'd much rather see Nick Mullins and Matthew Stafford. Uh, you know, Green Bay's kind of been shaky lately. I just think the Lions can't wait to play a home game regardless. Be the first one since 93 that they would host, and that crowd would go but bananas. Um, and they'd love to get the two seeds so they can have two of those games. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I just feel great, really happy for Matt and that entire Detroit Lions fan base. It's been a long time coming in this Detroit team. I think it's actually pretty good in the NFC right now. I know a lot of people talk about it as San Francisco's conference, but they're going to have to get through some teams. The Lions could be one of them. Coming up, though, in the second part of the show, we'll talk with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins about that Miami team and how they're doing and how they picked up a big win over the Cowboys in Week 16. Stay tuned for that plane to talk about on the show. First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Then a winning $5 money line bet that's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use as a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, overrunners, and a lot more. There were plenty of props over on FanDuel for yesterday's games, but if you did not get in on those, don't fret because you have the Christmas Day games, Christmas night, Ravens and 49ers, plenty of great options over on FanDuel, whether you want to take Lamar Jackson over on touchdowns, maybe you want to bet on Zay Flowers, Ravens rookie having a big game, maybe you want to take some Brock Purdy props, those are there as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back our second seven of Lockdown NFL. Kevin Oshlaker still rocking out with you here on Christmas Day. We talked with Matt Derry of Lockdown Lions about that Detroit Lions team clinching the NFC North. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins with Kyle Krabs as they clinched a playoff berth with a win over the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about what Miami has on the horizon plus their win with Kyle Krabs now. The Miami Dolphins needed a win against the Dallas Cowboys, and they got it 22-20. to 20. The Jason Sanders show it was 
in Miami in week 16. Heard talk about that and just how he's feeling about the Dolphins right now as Kyle Krabs, the host of Locked On Dolphins. And Kyle, it was not an easy game for the Dolphins to pull this one out. They're missing a ton of playmakers. They did get Tyree Kill back, which did make an impact for the Dolphins. Seemed like, and we talked about it off the air, you mentioned they controlled the pace for the majority of the game, but Dak Prescott and that Dallas offense did give them the lead late, but Jason Sanders ends up putting them over the top. How did you feel about the Dolphins' performance, and how did they get it done? Yeah, I, I certainly don't think you would look at this performance for Miami and say it was the most uh, efficient of performances that the Dolphins have put together this year, but I do think it was the most resilient, be it special teams, be it defense, uh, giving up the explosive play after you know having a fortunate bounce of the ball on Dallas's opening possession that's 15 plays and they fumble down inside the five-yard line and and Dallas hits the explosive play for a quick strike score and they really did a good job in the middle two quarters and middle 30 minutes of this football game uh, limiting Dallas to three points in those two quarters combined and uh, then the defense bends and, and, and breaks at the very end with three and a half left and Lo and behold, the Dolphins offense is put in the situation that they were put against against Philadelphia and against Kansas City and in, in these late game and against Tennessee, these late game opportunities to go down the field and score points to tie or win the football game. And there were three instances this year in which they did not do that. Well, this was an opportunity where you saw a couple third and short conversions, which is a really sore spot for the Dolphins offense at times this season. Uh, they get in position. They run the ball effectively once they get down to near the two-minute warning and are able to, to turn out Dallas's timeouts and close the game. So a, a really resilient effort and the most, I think, resilient effort this team has been able to put on display this season. And there were a few injuries that happened throughout the game for Miami, most notably Jalen Waddle first gets poked in the eye and then leaves with a lower leg injury. And then Raheem Mostert, who was a weird play, seemed like he got tackled by his own offensive lineman, although there was a Dallas defender who brought him down beforehand. Were there any updates from Mike McDaniel after the game on those two? Uh, not that I had seen, but it. I will say this is kind of the Dolphins season every game. It's just like you come out of a game and it's like, man, a couple of really important guys got banged up throughout the course of that game. Um, you did see Raheem Mostert, who obviously scored the touchdown there near the end of the half. Um, so so you, you've seen the Dolphins also from a load management and injury perspective. Guys are cleared to come back in, but they're pretty hesitant to do it just because they are very big picture oriented and injuries were such a big issue with the team last year where they limp into the playoffs at nine and eight and they play, I think with like 12 starters missing from that game, that the team that went up to Buffalo. So um, they've shown a lot of restraint. Um, I haven't heard anything that would indicate that they're, they're long-term concerns or anything like that. And for this Dolphins team that Kevin will be talking again this week, because they're getting ready to play the Ravens next weekend. Uh, it sounds like a couple of the guys on the offensive line were close to coming back. Javon Holland was close to coming back. So it's just the constant churn, and that's the Dolphins' season. Is, is You're never going to get the whole nucleus together. Who are the guys that get banged up? Maybe they miss a game. Maybe they miss a few games, and uh, the, the, the rest of the train keeps on rolling along. And you mentioned that. I mean, the defensive side of the ball, you have guys like Javon Holland, who you talked about, and also guys like Jerome Baker, obviously Jalen Phillips now done yeah. for the season with the Achilles. But – the unit has seen kind of a rejuvenation period here with Jalen Ramsey, who missed the beginning part of the season. He comes back in. Xavier Howard is back as well. How, is, how have the guys stepped up for other players who have maybe missed some time or are going to miss some time? Because the Dolphins have been tried all season, and it's had to be a next-man-up mentality pretty much the entire year. Well, I, I think if you're looking for the silver lining 
all of these guys that are depth guys getting reps, if you are able to get it aligned uh, with the health of your best players, guy like get Javon Holland back, right? They played without both starting safeties, Deshaun Elliott, uh, the previous week against the Jets, too. Um, Those guys getting experience in a number of different roles within the defense, hopefully you can get it all synced up. And then the experience of those guys is something where if you're in a big moment and a guy has to step in, that moment's not too big for him because he does have reps. Now there's obviously a drop off in talent and that's why guys are starters and guys are not. But uh, I think that's if if you had to make the best specifically defensively and, and Andrew Van Ginkle is another great example of that where Andrew Van Ginkle uh, Jalen Phillips injured his oblique in week two and missed the week two game against the Patriots only played a half against the Broncos and then missed a couple of weeks after that. And Van Ginkle stepped up in a huge way. And then Phillips comes back from the oblique and he's you know, a month of just all pro caliber, pro bowl caliber play. And then he pops the Achilles and Andrew Van Ginkle has to come back in. And the reps that he got as a pass rush primary player were very helpful for him as he has continued to be a very, very productive role player within this Dolphins defense. And now looking ahead, you mentioned the Dolphins have the Ravens coming up and then the Bills in week 18. Mm -hmm. Well, that's significant because the Bills have been winning recently. And there is a scenario where the Bills can actually clinch the AFC East here if everything goes right for them. Can you kind of explain what Miami has to do? to one, clinch the AFC East, but two, there's a shot they still get the one seed here. Yeah, uh, they they run the table, they'll be the one because they'll have a head-to-head tiebreaker against Baltimore. They would have beat Buffalo, so you obviously clinch the East. They have a game cushion right now on Kansas City as it is, so if they win the next two, they finish 13-4. and four. That's going to put them in a, that that driver's seat to, to clinch the one seed and have a first-round buy in the playoffs. Uh, to clinch the AFC East, their magic number right now is one. Uh, now, it's unlikely, but Buffalo does play New England next week in Orchard Park. New England already beat them once this year. I find it very difficult to believe that they would beat them twice in a single season. Uh, or Miami could potentially go into Baltimore and win that football game and be clinched going into the Week 18 matchup as well. If Baltimore wins, if Buffalo wins, you go into Week 18, and the winner of that game would indeed take the AFC East title. And now, regardless of how it goes, Miami's in the playoffs now. The win against Dallas mm-hmm. clinched that for them. How are you feeling about them as a playoff team? You mentioned how badly they kind of, you talk about it, limped into the postseason last year. Feels like a different Dolphins team, but obviously it'd be really beneficial if they had a lot of guys back come playoff time. Yeah, uh, I, I think the biggest thing for them is getting healthy up front on the offensive line where Austin Jackson dressed for this game, but he was an emergency available type player. He he did not play at right tackle that went to Kendall Lamb against the Cowboys. And they've done that a few times this year where they bring by guys back and dress. But it's like, hey, you're playing emergency only because we feel like you need another week to get right. So if you can get Austin Jackson back at right tackle and get Rob Hunt, who has been the better part of two months now out of the lineup, and he's close with a hamstring injury. Uh, he re-aggravated against Washington a few weeks back. If you can get him back too and totally remake that right side of that offensive line, I think the athleticism that comes with that gives that run game the juice that you need to get up onto second-level players and get secured on those blocks where you can come go back to hitting those explosive runs, which I think was the thing that was missing against Dallas is you got some good chunk gains, but you didn't hit explosive runs, a lot of them at least. So – I did just think you're a little bit athletically limited with the interior offensive line, and, and they are guys that are, are low-ceiling type players. 
But if you get those starters back on the right side going into the postseason, I do think they're a team that can can present a lot of challenges, and they've won in, now in a couple of different ways too. Miami's in a good spot right now. Now there is still a chance Buffalo catches them for the AFC East crown, as we talked about with Kyle, but they did clinch a playoff berth. There's no question they will get in to that dance. We'll talk next with Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots about that wild and crazy Sunday night game, and if the Patriots wanted to really win with draft position on the line. So be sure to stay tuned. we got a lot to get to on Locked On NFL. First, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And there have been plenty of times in my life I've had really frustrating ticket buying experiences. Sometimes I wasn't sure if the seats were good. Sometimes I couldn't find last minute tickets. Other times there are just no good deals at all. But you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And Game Time, here in the Baltimore area for the Ravens, they will play that Christmas Day game, Christmas night against the 49ers, but then they'll be at home for the final two games of the season. They have Miami in Week 17 and the Steelers in Week 18. And Game Time has a bunch of great things on their app, such as last-minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals. And Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets with zone deals. You pick a section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Take the gifts are gonna buy tickets for the game time down the game. So that create an account. Use code locked on NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Turns by again, create an account, redeem code locked on NFL, spelled O C K E D one NFL for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. That's when the tickets lowest price guaranteed. We're back rounding out Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here on this Monday on Christmas. Really appreciate everybody for tuning in on Christmas, making us your first listen each and every day. Be sure to subscribe in video form, follow along in order for months. Again, five days a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with NFL content coming your way. So tell a friend, tell a family member we are there for them five days a week. Let's now get into our conversation with Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots about that unbelievable Sunday night game. Let's get into it now. The New England Patriots pull out a win against the Denver Broncos right at the very end on a 56-yard field goal. Here to talk about that with me and whether the Patriots actually wanted to win this game is Mike DeBate, the host over at Locked On Patriots. And Mike, don't know what to tell you about this game. I hope you can tell me a little bit about it because the Patriots scored 20 points in the third quarter. And almost blow the game in the fourth as Denver won on a 16-3 to run there. But those three points proving to be the difference at the end. What do you make of a game like this, especially with the way the Patriots have played all season? Well, you know, I mean, it's bittersweet. I mean, you can call it a Christmas miracle or you can call it a lump of coal in the stocking of a lot of Patriots fans right now that wanted to see the Patriots lose this game to improve their opportunity to get a potential franchise quarterback in the NFL draft. This win drops them to fourth place right now in that pecking order. They're in danger of not getting to that top three, that big three that so many Patriots fans want. Now, I will say this. There's a lot that can happen between now and then, and there's also a lot of fluctuation that can happen at the top of that draft board. So for Patriots fans hoping to pull out hopes of getting one of these top three picks, they still have a chance to be able to do that. This win didn't completely take them out of that type of running. But when you look at what this team did on the field, they exercised some demons that have been plaguing them for quite some time. Second half woes, Bailey Zappi comes out, scores 20 unanswered points in the third quarter, showing a lot of poise, a lot of ability, 
and confidence. And that confidence carried over for the first time as a starter this season into the second half. So you take away something from that. Chad Ryland exercising demons of not being able to make a kick in the clutch or in a big moment comes through in the biggest moment on Christmas Eve and national audience. It's a 56 yarder at empower field at mile high. That's impressive. So there are things to take away from the field for the Patriots. I would say to Patriots fans right now, enjoy the win. Don't fret too much. Obviously there's a lot of work to be done in the off season, but this is a good win for the new England Patriots more than it is a bad win for the new England Patriots. Right. And I know that, again, with the Patriots season essentially being done from a playoff perspective now, mm-hmm. it is looking towards the future, trying to see what you can, if you can build momentum to go into the next season. But also with that does come the draft position. And you mentioned the Patriots with this win, you enjoy it, right? You get some good things out of it. But at the same time, you mentioned, and we've talked about it pretty much all season, like the fact that the Patriots do need a reset at quarterback. And the most ideal way to do that is with this class coming up. How big of a disaster would it be if the Patriots somehow, maybe they win another game and and they drop even further? How big of a disaster would it be if they're not able to secure one of these premier prospects in this upcoming class? Well, I mean, depending on what they're going to be going into next season with and what their long-term plans on, it could be a very disastrous offseason for the Patriots if they don't make the move to get the quarterback they feel can lead them to the promised land in the foreseeable future. Now, obviously, that's not going to be next year. We've said several times, and I've talked about this here right on these airwaves on Lockdown NFL with you, Kevin. This team is not just a quarterback change or a coaching change away from suddenly becoming a contending team. There's a lot of work that needs to be done on the offensive side of the ball that doesn't just include the quarterback. There's a lot of offensive line overhaul that's needed. Joe Alt is someone who would look very nice out there setting or sealing those edges for the Patriots on the offensive line. So there's a lot still to be determined as to what plan the Patriots are going to put forth. But obviously, if they're thinking and looking quarterback and that's their top option, then, yeah, they're going to want to secure one of these top three options, either Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels coming away with anyone but might be a little bit of a letdown for the Patriots fan base. But once again, it's going to depend on who's making those decisions and how the Patriots plan on moving forward. And I think there there definitely was a question of, oh, did the Patriots want to win this game? And look, I think players, they go out there, they play their hardest. They, they play to win the games, right? There, there's no tanking with that. But I do think that there's a question about, well, with the long-term future of the franchise and what does this mean, not for this season, but the next potentially five, 10 years. We saw on that, Last drive of the game, which ended up being the game-winning field goal, two runs with Ezekiel Elliott, or at least trying to get the the clock to get run down. It felt like Bill Belichick might have been playing for overtime there instead of playing for the win. What, what was kind of your thought on that final drive? Because then obviously they hit a couple of big plays to break it open and get Chad Rodden in that position to win the game. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when they came out and they started to run and they were not aggressive. I was like, okay, well, they're going to play for overtime. They're going to try to jockey for field position, try to get their guys a little more confidence going into overtime and then see what happens. All of a sudden, you do break for a couple of big plays. And Chad Ryland attempting a 56-yarder is definitely not the same confidence Patriots fans have had in kickers of Christmas past. Adam Vinatieri, uh, Stephen Gostowski, even Nick Folk. Guys that had a proven track record of making catches in big moments. Chad Ryland hadn't been there yet. He got there tonight. Not to the level of those gentlemen just yet. No question about it. But that's a big step in the right direction for a young kicker that needed a big moment. 
he got it. And I am happy for Chad in that regard. But, you know, bottom line, once again, it's just it's a matter of your perspective. There will be people that will look at that final drive and say, well, Bill Belichick knows he's not coming back next year. He doesn't want the Patriots to get a good draft pick. He's going to play to win because he's going to try to mess up their draft position. Those are the conspiracy theorists. I don't put a whole lot of stock into those types of reports, Kevin. I think Bill Belichick is just the type of guy is competitive, goes out there, wants to win every game he coaches. And that's the way his players play. You heard David Andrews say after this game, I'm captain. I don't lay down. That's not me. I'm never going to do that on the field. These players are playing to win, and I think that's what you saw on Sunday night. We will see if the Patriots will be able to secure one of those top quarterbacks in the draft. Obviously, if they keep winning, their draft position will keep falling. So we'll keep an eye on that as the rest of the season goes on. So I'm happy here today, though, on Lockdown NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on NFL.